who has the clap. Oh, shit, it was me this time. Mm -hmm. I got the clap. I must you have got gotten it. The clap. From you. Oh, no. Yeah. That's what happens. Damn it. Sometimes you do a podcast with your friend and you spend a lot of time together and you give each other the clap. Yeah. Not COVID. No, not COVID. <laughs> Somehow never COVID. Somehow never COVID. <laughs> Just the clap. Just you guys, the clap. You guys had a scare recently. We did. But you got out of it. Unscathed. I don't know how. My God, I don't either. How long were they in the car together? Three hours? Four hours? <laughs> that is the the most exposed she could have been. Yes. Of being I, in a car with someone who tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And did not test positive. Yeah. We like had just, we were operating on the assumed positive. Of, of like, course. Yep. You know what? We're it's just, we're already locking down. Yep. I'm going to do a Walmart grocery order. We're going to make sure we've got cold meds, Kleenex, everything ready I to saw, go. I saw your tray of yeah, like my good, charcuterie good. table. Yes. My COVID charcuterie oh, table. I need that in my life. Um, well, I'm really glad you didn't get COVID. Same. Because um, we was like, shit. We, it would have been a real problem. Yeah, um, so I've got a lot going on this week, and it yeah. was just a really poorly timed really bad exposure. Yeah. Um, so, well done. Um. <laughs> so, from, like, here on, I could be exposed. Like, for the next three days, I'll be fine. Yes. I loved that about, like, the end of Lizzie was realizing, yeah. like, oh, I can get COVID now and it's yep. okay. And it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's not going to backfire horribly. It wasn't a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like, it would suck, but it wouldn't ruin everyone else's, yeah. like, show and yep. all this stuff. Yeah. Things wouldn't suddenly have to shift very rapidly and right. in a surprising and uncomfortable way. Yeah. Like, you're, you, you've gotten yourself into that situation again, but you're yep. about to be back out. So that's yeah. nice. Hey. We both have a drink, I think, is what happened. Yeah. So do you want to introduce yours or do you want to wait? Or well, I'll do mine. There's and... multiple parts to mine. So is mine too. <laughs> Holy shit. shit. <laughs> we have really done done it. I feel like we should, it should be a surprise for the first story and a surprise for the second yes. story. Um, who's going when? Uh, I'm going first. Okay. This okay. is an even episode. This is actually episode 106. Yes. You sure, it certainly is actually. <laughs> Unlike last time when I thought it was episode 106. We can't keep it straight anymore now that we're in no. the hundreds, guys. No. Um. So mine is like, uh, there's a component. There's another component. We will try them separately and then we will put them together. I'm scared. Because that's the drink. Um. We need to learn if these things are are worse together than they are separately. So how does that fit into your plan? <laughs> That's terrifying. I need two <laughs> shot glasses from you. Okay. All right. We're going to heart noise early. I guess. At least All we're right. going to pause. I'll just go bloop. We've got our shit together-ish. We've got our poop somewhat in a group. Um, Emily so has scared. a number of things for I us. I did. So I don't know if y'all remember <laughs> the weird banana pudding shot. It came in a tiny mason jar. How can And I forget? was like, Damn. I love those tiny mason jars. They're very cute. They're so fucking cute. And then I went to festival because I was like, I have to get us fireball. This has to, like, tradition is tradition. I At this point. It's it's necessary. Especially when we record here for some yep. reason. For some <laughs> it's fireball reason, time. Here is, it's fireball time. <laughs> yeah. um, and someone hadn't put their tiny shots away. And it was sitting on a shelf. And I saw the tiny mason jar. And I was like, oh, shit. So I circled back. And I found some that we hadn't tried. They did have the banana pudding again, but I said oh, absolutely not. I'm so excited. So I got blackberry, 
That sounds really good. Blackberry moonshine. I got a butter pecan. Which, like, fuck me up. Absolutely. And then a mountain java. Mountain java sounds really good, too. Yeah. I'm worried because you did also say like you got fireball i was like of course and you were like it's appropriate for the story if the listeners will remember the last time you got fireball and it was appropriate for the story a bunch of kids died for those who don't remember it's supposed to be our nice happy light episode in which nobody dies from what i understand both of us have fucked that up (laughs) i'm not necessarily okay all right okay i believe you i'm choosing right now to believe you as you should So we know what Emily's got. I'm just going to real quick. Yeah. Tell me about your drink components. So I was made aware of this by TikTok, but it was uh, by a TikToker who also follows uh, my brother, my brother and me. Um, And they were at a live show, this woman, (laughs) and she talked about the drink that Justin was drinking. Um, Last time we did Dreamy Creamy Summer, I figured this one, let's, I'll do another homage to a podcast I love. Um, My man's. Justin McElroy drinks red wine and lime white claw together in one drink on purpose. So we're going to do that. So we're going to try the red wine first just uh-huh. to see what it's like. Yeah. And we're going to drink a little bit of lime white claw to see what that's I've like. I've never actually had lime white claw. See, same. I don't think I've had anything but a mango white claw. I'm pretty sure that's all I've ever tried. Yeah, I had a, a white claw when it was like... In the bottom of Michelle's fridge yes, for like always, six months. That's always. the only time I've had a white claw. Yep. And never the lime because lime's boring. Lime is, yeah. Um, so right, we'll see it. if they're good let's separate just, and then we'll see how they're Let's just do it. This is so many drinks. So we're going to, yeah, there's so Should many we start fucking with the wine? drinks. Let's just try the wine. Okay. It smells like a red wine. Is this a blend? It's just a blend. I didn't want to go with anything in particular. It's actually quite I fruity. did that by smell. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> it's not overly dry smelling, so. I have. Maybe a problem. You have maybe an I issue. do love a good blend. Yes. Please let me know what you think. I think it's quite fruity, which might work well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's try the, the claw. And let's get let's try this. I'm very scared. That is not good. I don't hate it. Oh, it's, never mind. There's the aftertaste. It's seltzery. Yeah. It's like a it's like a LaCroix in yeah. a way. It's not overly flavored, but it's also got that weird aftertaste. Yeah. I think if it was just that and it didn't have the weird. That'd be okay. Right. Now I'm going to try. I don't I don't even think I'm going to go half and half. I'm just going to do a bit. And we'll just see where my heart tells me to stop. It's, I did way more than you. Yeah, you did. That's good, though. We'll see what we think. All right. So let's. Bottoms up. Silence. You yeah, to... I'm going to leave every bit of... I always cut out us, our silent drinking as we decide on stuff. I'm not going to do it you that time. You need to pour more in. This is quite good, actually. Like, I'm not mad at this. I don't know. I, I think it's all yeah. right. I had less I had less wine than you uh, slightly as well because I can't pour even for the life of me. I don't hate it. It almost like it... It's weird. They cancel each other out and yeah. it almost tastes like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But it's if you want a strong claw, just add vodka. You don't have to add wine. It's a refre- <laughs> it's a refreshing nothing. There's a tiny bit of wine in it that I don't hate. I think if it was a like a dry wine, I wouldn't like it, like a like a cab or something. I almost got mauled at because I thought that'd be really funny. 
I do love Malbec, but only not on with its own. this. Not paired with not anything. Like, not like this. <laughs> not like this. As it stands, I actually would probably give this like a solid six out of ten. Like it's not great, but it's better than bad. Yeah. And we have just so many fucking drinks around us right now. <laughs> I can't even handle it. Um, blackberry or butter pecan. God, are, are we taking these as shots? We could sip them. All I'm your just, dreams. Because I'd love to take one as a shot and then maybe sip the other, and I'd rather take the blackberry as a shot. Okay. <laughs> oh God, Emily, okay. who drove here, thinking about her choices. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Dink it. That is sweeter than I thought it was going to be. Uh, syrup. It's syrupy. Oh, oh. oh my God. My eyes are watering. Yo. Well, are you ready? No. I mean, we have fucked up so hard today already. Let's do this. Cleanse the palate with a little fireball. Oh, is that really what we're going to do right <laughs> now? We're going to cleanse the palate with a little fireball. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> God, the witnessing of us getting so drunk so fast. I had to do it with her. I, I'm here in yeah. solidarity. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's dive right in. I'm very concernicus. A quote. Oh, man. You could look at it two ways. Mm. I was either the unluckiest man in the world mm. or the luckiest. Mm. I preferred to believe the latter. Now, I don't know why I do this to myself, but I'm going to apologize in advance if I butcher any Croatian words or city names. Sure. Let's talk about Frain Selk. Hello. Selk. Did you say his first name is Frain? Frain. Frain. Hi, Frain. I'm um, worried he... about you. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Uh, he was a Croatian man and a music teacher. Hmm. Now, I, I really wanted a story with the same energy as our good friend, park ranger Roy Sullivan. Oh. If you'll remember, was struck by lightning seven times and carried a can of water with That's him. That's can of water, That's man. That's can of water, man. He's the origin story. In case story. his hair caught on fire. Yes. It was practical, but still yes. funny. <laughs> and I had come across this story when I was looking through and trying to find them for Roy. So mm. I just happened to see this story at the same time. With a, uh, a matching number seven. Mm. And I kept this in my back pocket for a rainy day. Oh, and maybe a day when we decided we needed to do something lighter. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, I forgot about it for a little while. Sure. He was born in 1929. Love it. And has claimed to survive seven brushes with death. That's a lot of those. And then he won the lottery. What? <laughs> yeah. Now, disclaimer before I get into it, which is why I said that I don't think I broke the rules. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of digging for this. Um, we were originally going to record last week, and I had been literally just, like, doing so much digging mm -hmm. and going into, like, Reddit threads <laughs> and, like, trying to find anything I could mm -hmm. to verify his stories. Sure. Because nothing that was reported has been independently verified other than him winning the lottery. Okay. Otherwise, it's just sort of these are the stories that he tells yes. about what's happened to him. Yes. Interesting. And we've we've done some crazy... Crazy, crazy, crazy survivor stories. Yeah. Um, Julianne mm. falling two miles into the Amazon from the plane crash <gasps> and surviving. Right. Victoria Cillier, whose husband sabotaged her parachute mm. and she mm. fell two miles. I think about her like once a month. Yeah. And then, you know, one of our bestest guys, 
Harrison, who survived three days on a capsized <gasps> ship. Yes. And Santiago, lost oh. at sea for a year, a little oh. more. Oh. And just, like, the other ridiculously insane shit that if it wasn't verified, everyone would be like, no, that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know what? This this could be real. Mm-hmm. This could be real. Yeah. I don't know. If we if we choose to have faith um, yeah. or just have a little fun with it. Right. And that was it. the, like, this is the light episode. So yeah. let's just do something that I probably wouldn't do otherwise. I like it. Just because nothing could be verified. So Absolutely. Like, mm, I'm into not? it. The wine with the White Claw is dangerous. Is it? Is it literally it? just goes down like water? It does. Because, because it, the weight of wine usually like slows me down. Yes. But it, it takes away any of that dryness, any yep. of that like it doesn't stay on your tongue the same way. Yep. Yeah. It going to fuck right. us up. All right, Justin, I get you. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to go story by story. Because remember, seven brushes with death. Mm-hmm. So his first brush with death was 1957. Okay. And this was my first like, mm, because <laughs> other sources were like, well, it was 1966. So... Okay, so dates already we're all over the place. Dates are weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just, we're going to kick off with it. It's fine. He was on a bus when it swerved off a road and into a river. Mm. Um, both Selleck and the bus driver managed to get off of the bus and swam to shore. Um, Selleck later stated that Ahmet, the driver, never got behind the wheel without half a bottle of rakia in his system. <laughs> oh, no. Booze. <laughs> sure. But was an excellent driver nonetheless. I mean, okay. And they, they both had a shot at this before boarding the bus. <laughs> and the purpose of the trip was to, like, just go keep drinking. Okay. But, like, they both survived the accident with just a few minor cuts and bruises. Unfortunately, four other people did not. <gasps> Seriously. So four people died in that, and they're, they're both So fine. let's keep a count. Four. Four. Jesus. Uh, people he's outliving, basically. That's the count we're doing. Unfortunately. Four. This is just, like... The unconfirmed deaths. Surrounding this man. Surrounding this man. Because he <laughs> specifies these numbers. Okay. Jeez. I mean, honestly, that to me feels like it's like a, a, a mark on the side of it's real because I'd remember every person who died when I lived. Right. So then in 1962, he was on a train mm-hmm. from Sarajevo to Dubrovnik mm-hmm. that derailed and crashed into an icy river. Okay. Um, and he claimed that despite suffering from hypothermia and a broken arm, he was able to swim to safety and survived. Okay. 17 people did not. 17 people. So we are up 21. to 21. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. But just, well, now we're just it's at a just faster like, pace. Well, Still something let's just keep going. 1963. Is he in a plane, Emily? He received word that his <laughs> mother was ill. And decided to fly. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. The automobiles come later. The other automobiles come later. Hence the fireball. There's a reason. Um, Decided to fly from Zagreb to... Oh, God. Riaka. 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 I'll never tell you no. (laughs) I literally, like, I spelled it all out phonetically. Yeah. For the ones that I didn't know. Like, I know Sarajevo. I know Zagreb. But, like, Riaka to see her. Mm-hmm. The earliest flight was already booked, but Selleck d- said he that he was able to persuade a sympathetic airline to let him sit in the plane's rear with a flight attendant. That is a red flag right there. There are yep. no sympathetic airlines. Amen. <laughs> and I have that in my notes. Um, so the flight attendant's name was Rosica. And that's the other thing that's getting me is like he's got names. Yeah. There's, yeah. There are details. That's very specific. Now, I add in the notes, mind you, this was the end of the golden age of travel. 
Mm-hmm. So this was already unlikely, considering flying was still something of a luxury. Yeah. And like a status symbol. And the average flight in 1963 cost around $41, which is equal to $321 now. $323. Oh, okay. With and the, inflation. I mean, like, to me, that's even, like, you can still get flights for that. If oh, yeah. Absolutely. Bad. They're not good flights. They're so not th- good flights. You can still get flights for that, but, like, back then. This was, like, direct flights. Everything's yep. pretty nice. And people are wearing suits and people dresses. Suits. Like, they're going to church, but they're yep. just on a plane. Plain hats. Yep. Plain hats. Plain hats. Uh, <laughs> and everyone was smoking. And the pilots were so drunk. Oh, That's yes. not different. No. <laughs> so he talked his way onto this plane, I guess. That's not going to happen. No. I'm sorry. To me, that feels crazy. Yeah. But he knew um, the But he things, said so. it was going smoothly until shortly before landing when the unthinkable happened. Mm. One of the plane doors apparently flew open. Oh, so we just have planes that can do that at this t- yes, time period. Yes, a DC-8 for anyone oh. playing along at home. <laughs> uh, and one minute, quote, one minute we were drinking tea and the next, the door was ripped open and Rosica was sucked into midair, followed shortly by me. Oh my God. So soon, Selleck said that the plane crashed and that the flight, a flight attendant, two pilots and 17 other passengers passed away. Another 17. 19, 20. 20 with this. 20, okay. Yep. With the with the pilot and the... The two pilots and the other flight attendants. Okay. But he miraculously survived after falling 800 meters. Yeah, so he was sucked out of the plane with the yeah. other woman before it crashed. Like, he didn't experience and he, that part. And he went full Assassin's Creed... <laughs> And the notes say that he landed in a haystack. Damn him. No, I absolutely can't with that. And this is one of those where I just need a Jake to just randomly be walking through. Cause like, yes. I love Assassin's Creed and it's, yeah, it's a huge thing. You can jump from like your eagle's view when you map out the city <laughs> and you can be on the top of a skyscraper of church course. Of course. and land safely in a haystack. No problem. I love that. I think what my husband would actually say walking by is like, haystacks aren't that fucking soft. <laughs> like, he is not soft. No. It looks soft. I choose, like, I believe that that is possible because of that other story you mentioned of the woman whose parachute yes. failed and she, you know, lived. I like, we still don't really understand that. Yeah. I believe, like, I don't have the notes pulled up for her, but I think, like, she had landed in, like, freshly tilled ground. That's right. And it was just happened to be kind of soft. It softer. just was soft enough. Yeah. Like, Basically she was just, fucked up, but she lived. Yeah. Like, he could... I feel like this could happen to him. Right. It's nuts that it's the third thing that's happened to him. Yes. And he survived, and he states he never flew again. Which, yeah. Fair. Yeah. I yeah. get it. The door came off the plane. That's the not supposed to happen. The door came off the plane. Now, here's the thing with plane crashes, unlike bus crashes... And, like, train crashes at this point were getting pretty fairly regularly Mm. reported. Mm -hmm. But plane crashes... We report those. Big time. There's an investigation. Now, aviation crash records and other records of deaths of this scale show no airplane crashes of a DC-8 between the two cities in 1963 or any other year. And certainly none with the loss of 20 lives. Okay. Could it have gone unreported? Maybe. Maybe. Covered up by the airline? Maybe. Maybe. But interesting nonetheless. 
that we can't find yeah. anything. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, let's get on to the fireball. Mm. Yes, please. Sorry, I just want to grab my fireball. 1970 <laughs> and 1973, Selleck reportedly survived two similar accidents in which his car spontaneously caught on fire while he was driving. Twice. Twice. Two separate two vehicles? Two separate vehicles. Uh, uh-huh. What are so, you doing to your car, sir? Uh-huh. <laughs> so the first one, he did manage to leave the car and get to a safe distance before the flames reached the fuel tank. Okay. Because, like, typically when a fire starts in your car, you've got you've got a little bit of time. Yeah. Assuming you don't have any leaks in any lines. Yeah. Or something else. Well, so you probably see some wrong. smoke. You see some smoke. And this is, like, usually now anyway. I'm not yeah. speaking to them. Now that happens when you crash into something yeah. and you bust your whole car yeah. up. And like, Not just it because just it gives you different colors of smoke. Mm. So it's like you have to know the colors of smoke of when it's good and when it's bad. No matter what, if your car starts smoking, I had this happen once. Yeah, same. When I had a leak in my water pump. Oh, no, it's just that, but still. Yeah, and yeah. it was just steam, but it was terrifying. It is terrifying. The power steering was out in the vehicle I was in already and then it started to smoke and I was like, absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> this vehicle's going to blow. Yep. <laughs> I can't. I literally this. pulled over. I turned it off. I was like, what the fuck It's do terrifying. I do? It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And then if your car actually bursts into flames, doubly terrifying. You gotta get out. <laughs> so he was able to leave before the flames reached the fuel tank and it mm. just went boom. <laughs> so 1973, as I said, another car went horribly wrong. He was driving and the fuel pump malfunctioned and leaked hot oil into the engine, which is not good. Really supposed to avoid the, yeah. um, the, 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 fluids the, f- the fluids getting outside. Yeah, that's why they live in the tubes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to keep the fluids in the tubes. Yeah. That's what I know about cars. Yeah. <laughs> he said that because the hot oil leaked into the engine, the flames were just shooting through the air vents. Oh my God, no. Like at him? Yeah. So most of his hair was singed away. Bruh. But he did not sustain any other injuries. Bruh. So, <laughs> I can't. Because mm. I mean, just like, what the fuck? I mean, how does that fucking happen? How, sir? Yeah, so then he went 22 years. Accident free. Good for him. Went for a walk. He deserves it. <laughs> in Zagreb. Uh-huh. In 1995. So now no no planes, no trains, no, no automobiles. Planes. He's on, on his feet. On his feet. He's on a Segway. Like, I was... <laughs> Uh, and he got hit by a bus. No. Okay, there's still an automobile yeah. involved. <laughs> but he was walking, and he got hit by a bus. I mean, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to come back from, I've heard. Yeah. But he was okay. And he did have a car again. Went for a drive. <laughs> in the Croatian mountains. What is going to happen? you beautiful. You and I both know how <laughs> I feel about the UN. I, how the fuck? <laughs> Nope. One <laughs> sec. How did you get from where we were to that again? I, I think I could count on both hands the number of times you've been like, now we all know how I feel about the UN. But it's usually before you're like, and then let me talk about an atrocity for 40 minutes. And this is not that. How did we get here? Oh my God, please. Oh. So he was driving. Uh-huh. In the Croatian mountains. Uh-huh. And he was forced to swerve because 
of a UN truck. <laughs> okay. An oncoming UN truck. Fuck him. I get it. Fuck him. <laughs> so he was forced to swerve and he hit the guy, the guardrail, and it gave way. Oh. And his car fell into the ravine off the cliff. That's my nightmare, man. That's it. Yep. Hit like the a 300-foot cliff. Yep. We, we told a story like that, too. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That girl survived that. Man, he well, is surviving a lot of shit we me, know to be survivable. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's just, it's this. It's the specificity of why he survived mm. is, what, is what gets me. Mm. So he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. Okay. Reportedly never used one again after the plane crash. I don't know why. Is there something that happened on the plane? That's what I'm... I couldn't find anything. Because if they were strapped in, they probably wouldn't have been sucked out of the fucking yeah, but plane. but because he was sucked out, he survived. I guess. So I guess. So maybe that was his logic. What I want is to be ejected from every yes. vehicle I'm in. <laughs> so he wasn't wearing his seatbelt, and oh. he was at the very, like, last moment, jumped oh. out of the car window because he had the windows down. Grabbed a tree. Oh my god. Right before, like, the vehicle, like, fully tipped over and crashed. At this point, he's probably so ready to be in a death-defying situation. He's like, fuck it! And he just... Yeah. Jason Bourne's his way out of it. (laughs) And he... Because the momentum of his car could give him the, like, leverage he needed. To pull himself out. Sure. Sure. If if we want to assume that, like, literally everything came together. Right now, I'd be drawing it. Yeah. Fucking Pepe Silvia. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how this man did this, but supposedly he did. Yeah. So he survived. I. Somehow. So he's clinging to the tree. And at that point, he was like, you know what? I don't know that I want to get in a vehicle ever again. I. He watched it crash down and then burst into flames. That's the third car that's yes. fucked him yes he's had two buses three yes. cars and one plane yep. fuck him yeah and train and he he told the telegraph he was like well there came a stage when i was lucky to have any friends at all many stopped seeing me saying i was bad karma i mean for real at what point do you start thinking this man is yeah cursed and like one of his neighbors apparently said quote put it like this if i heard frame booked a flight or a train i would cancel <laughs> yeah, dude. I, yeah. But he, like, he stayed optimistic. And, like, even this, I'm like, there's discrepancies. Mm-hmm. But he won the lottery. And it was either that he always played or he never played. Okay. Because it, he has said both. What? That this was either mm. his first ticket he ever purchased or he just loved to do it. Mm-hmm. But it kind of sounds like he likes to make good stories. He apparently won nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars. I mean, it's like that's still life changing money. Yeah, that's still really helpful and good. Yeah. At what do you know what year it was? Um, I think like two thousand three. Oh, okay. Because that's what really like brought him into public view. Sure. Because he like won the lottery, and they're like, "Oh, tell us about yourself." <laughs> well, He's like, well, that's my thing. Is like. I can both see this. This is both good and bad for his story because I feel like if you win the lottery, what like reason do you have to go like, oh, also, I want to be famous by lying about all this shit I didn't die from. Right. But like, yeah, why would you do that? But at the same time, maybe if somebody is just really, they're like, this is my 15 minutes of fame. Winning the lottery is the only time anyone's going to ask me what I think and what I've been through. And I'm just going to say whatever I want. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. 
So it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, the story's like fun it in a way fun. of like, these are crazy. They are nuts. But we've also told so many stories that if we just were saying one of these individually, absolutely sure. possible. Mm-hmm. It has happened. It will happen. Yeah. <laughs> the only issue is like, these are not verified. Like right. there's no records to do- the document this or back it up. Right. That make it go, mm. Yeah. What's the validity of this? But it's also, it's like, why, of all the things, one, tell one. Yes. Like, Stick if you with wanna... the bus, the bus crash or right. getting almost, or getting actually, like, almost hit by a UN truck and having to mm-hmm. swerve. Like, That's a crazy and good story. Yeah. I saved myself by grabbing a tree at the last yeah. second. That's a crazy good story. I would believe it if it was the only story. Yep. I, I don't know if I'd believe the plain one. Even if it was I the don't. only story. That's the that's the only one that I'm like, there's so much That's the kicker. <laughs> that's regulated <laughs> with flight. Yes. Since it started. Yes. Like someone would have said something about yeah. this somewhere. It would have been reported. And I assume because you've been doing some digging that other people have also looked into oh, whether or not these yeah. things are true. That was like two days of my research was just reading through everyone else's digging. And they of, didn't like, find pulling it. up the stats and being like, there was a flight recorded in 1989 where the door flew off, but that was not a DC-8 and that was not mm. in Croatia and, like, this kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, it's just that it, it was crazy. Interesting. He could just be a pathological liar who happened to win the lottery and got a moment of fame. Yeah. He could. Or he could have survived all of this. Or, yeah, or he could have had the craziest life we've ever heard. I mean, I think if he was doing a dangerous job, that would make sense. Yeah. He's just a man on his way to somewhere. He's a music teacher. He's literally just He's going literally places. a music teacher. <laughs> he should just stay home. <laughs> I want to believe him. I want, yeah. I want there to be magic in this world, and I want to believe him. Well, and, like, the thing that, like, also sells it for me, he donated most of his lottery winnings to really? charities. Yeah. Well, that's really nice. Especially since you lose a lot of it in taxes already. That's kind. Emily, we have the heart noise. Because... (laughs) (laughs) You know, normally I have to lead in. I'm not gonna... I I actually like that. Let's just pause. And we're back. Oh, we got a refill on Justin's drink because, god damn it. Yeah. God damn I still it. I had White Claw left, so I might as well. Exactly. I want to tell you a story, Em. Yeah. Emily, I want to tell you this story because, well, I actually started researching it, and then about halfway through, I realized, oh, this is an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, God. That's all this is. Oh, God. I'm so excited. So the intro is called The Gang Plots and Murder. <laughs> and i'm sorry this does break the rule this does not only break the rule of no deaths that we decided for this episode this breaks the rule of the podcast so i'm sorry but on the way there is very fun it is july 1932 and i'm gonna throw some names out and a lot of them start with m but the one you mainly need to remember is michael malloy okay that's our guy that's Michael Malloy. I'll just talk to him as Michael from now on. Okay. So, he's down on his luck. He has been for a long time. He is believed to have been born in Ireland sometime in the 1870s. Yeah. It, he then emigrated to America in the 1920s. Ooh, fancy. Yes. Um, they believe he was a former firefighter, but... Oh, 
We don't know that much about him because unfortunately at the time of this story, he was unemployed and he was homeless. Oh, no. And one other thing, Uh Michael could drink (laughs) like no Uh, one I've ever heard. That's why you said it was appropriate how many drinks we had. Absolutely. And I don't want to downplay it too much. Um, This man was just a really bad alcoholic, a really bad alcoholic. And he'd probably been drinking like this his whole life. That's why he's capable of such heights. So... For those who are into American history, you may recall that Prohibition ended in uh, December of 1933. It's on its last legs during this story, but it is still in effect. So, like, we're talking right now, it's again, it's July 1932. Um, It has been 13 years since Prohibition became law. So, speakeasies are all over the place. We've gotten well used to having Prohibition at this point. Oh, yeah. People can basically just get a drink if they want to. It just happens to be illegal. Yeah. So Michael Malloy, our good friend, despite rarely having a penny to his name, is a frequent patron of many speakeasies in New York City, specifically in the Bronx. Mm. It was Michael's bad fortune that one of his stops was a place called Marino's. Okay. Another M name. Sorry about it. The speakeasy is run by 27-year-old Tony Marino, because the Italians are also fans of M names. So Marino's, it, it, it suffered from cash flow issues. There's a lot of people during this time starting tabs, not so much on the paying them. And like, really, what recourse do you have as an illegal retailer of booze? You can't go to the cops and say, this guy hasn't paid this tab. No, so, but you, uh, you can go to the mob. Yeah, uh, pretty much that's what happens. You just um, don't pay your tab until someone comes and breaks your legs with a baseball bat. Like, that's what happens. And people just try their luck. So he's having trouble keeping things running. He's doing only okay. Michael is one of his customers that comes in, drinks his fill, never pays his tab. So on this balmy night in July, Marino stands around the bar with a few of his buddies and he hatches a plan. There with his bartender, another M name, sorry, his name is Joseph Murphy. And And Murphy Marino. Murphy Marino. Malone, not Versus... Michael Malloy. Malloy. <laughs> Have fucking fun. <laughs> I had a problem Malloy. as I was researching. Okay. All right. The other this. person there is Undertaker Francis Pasqua. That's not an M name. Exactly. And thank God, grocer Daniel Kreisberg. No more M's for now. Okay. All of these men could use some cash. Sure. It's the Great Depression. We could all use some cash. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of them has a family. Yeah. Others have businesses that are struggling. It's hard to exist when you're in the Great Depression. It's a bad time. It's a bad... It's bad... It's depressive. It's bad news bears. Yeah. So, these men are well aware that a few months back, their old buddy Marino, again, the owner, yes. had successfully pulled off a life insurance scam. Ooh. He had befriended a homeless woman, gotten her to acquire a life insurance policy with him as the sole beneficiary, and then he had gotten her drunk, undressed her, put her in bed dumped water all over her and her bedding and then put her bed next to a window. It was winter. She died of pneumonia. He really did do that. He got a cool couple thousand dollars out of that. And so these guys are standing around talking about this scam. Emily's looking around like she can't believe she hasn't killed six people like that already. These dudes. I've never felt so called out. <laughs> yeah, because I could tell the look and on And now face. we have it in audio proof, so I can't 
do it. Uh-huh. So sorry. What a way to murder. Well, okay. Let's see what you think. Okay. Let's see what you think about it after this. Oh, okay. So they're hatching this plan and they look down the bar and who do they see but our dear friend Michael Malloy and he is drinking whiskey till he drops for the umpteenth time in a row. Same and they, they see a good mark. Yeah. He doesn't have any friends. He's no. probably in his 50s, but he looks easily 10 years older. He looks like shit. Alcohol does that to people. Yes. He looks like the alcohol is going to kill him sooner rather than later. Yeah. And so they thought it'd be easy to simply get Michael to drink himself to death if they offered him unlimited credit at the bar. Just say, the tab is fucking open, my dude. Don't worry about it. So, first though, they've thought this through. They have to get the life insurance policy in place. They can't just kill the man. (laughs) They gotta do that first. So the undertaker, Francis Pasqua, he agrees to do this. He gets like another guy to come along with him. They go visit insurance brokers. And this man plays Nicholas Mellory, who is really supposed to be Michael Malloy. They, they've given him a, a secret name, Nicholas Mellory. And he takes out three separate policies in that name. The plan then, after Michael was dead, is to have Joseph Murphy, the bartender, go to these insurance companies and claim to be Nicholas Mellory's next of kin and to collect on these three separate insurance policies. It takes five months to get these policies in place. I don't know why. They must have had to do a lot of lying and a lot of paperwork. It takes a long time. But they get them for a total of $3,500. And that money. Today, oh my God, dude, I I learned so much about inflation. Mm -hmm. Because I read an article that said in 2019 money, that was $67,000. And then I said, I wonder how much it is in 2022 money. Just said over a million. It's no, it's no. seventy six thousand. Oh. So it went from sixty seven thousand to seventy six thousand in three years. <laughs> so inflation's yeah. doing a number on us right now. Is yeah, what and saying. I can't buy a goddamn house. Yeah. So either way, seventy six thousand is okay money. They are splitting it four ways at this moment, but these it's the Great Depression. Um, well, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Unfortunately, along the way, as they're hatching this plan and probably talking too loudly about it in places, they get a couple other guys who would like in to thank you very much. So they've got tough Tony Bastone. I really actually hope that the E at the end is pronounced so his name is Tony Bastoni. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true, but I really want it. Tony Bastoni has a sidekick. His name is Joseph Maglioni. That means there are two Tonys and two Josephs in this fucking story because Fuck very me, Italian. I guess. Mm-hmm. Very, very Catholic so, Italian. Mwah. And then uh, there are two petty criminals named John McNally and Edward Tin Ear Smith. Um, Edward's ear was actually made out of wax. But oh. I, I digress. He's pointing. <laughs> Did he lose it in the Great War? I probably do. They don't mm-hmm. say. But it's made out of wax and they make fun of him for it endlessly and it's really funny. Anyway. So this, many names. This part of our story is called The Gang Kills a Guy. Finally. (laughs) By December of 1932. So it's been like five months this whole time. This cavalcade of men, this whole group of men, they finally decide, all right, it's time. It's time to actually kill Michael Malloy. To do a murder. We're going to do a murder. So whenever he comes into Maloney's, they start greeting him. They, they, 
they snuggle up to him at the bar <laughs> and pat him on the back. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> cuddling him, giving him shot after shot after shot after shot after shot. All on the house, no trouble. You just do what you need to do, Michael. See, at some point during that, I would, I would do what I did in my early twenties: take shots mm-hmm. and then just Irish goodbye. My friend, I believe that you and Michael have the the same idea. Oh, because Michael is first of all. He's having a great time. <laughs> he oh, thinks yeah. he's made the best friends in the world. Yeah, they're giving him booze. I mean, yeah, how lucky could he be? He stumbled into the greatest yeah. speakeasy anyone's Hot. ever seen. Damn. Yeah. So, he, you know, every night he gets drunk just as much as they want him to. He never stops. I mean, yeah. as fast as they can pour it, he's drinking it. Yeah. He's a hard alcoholic. He can do it. And then, when he's done... Basically, with handling more alcohol in his system than I think anyone should be able to without literally poisoning themselves, um, he stumbles out into the street. The men figure the first night that this happens that he'd just go lay down somewhere. You know, he wouldn't wake up. He'd, you know, aspirate on his vomit or something disgusting like that. Or maybe he'd fall and hit his head. Either way, he wouldn't be back. And then they would just wait to hear about his death. But the next day, at the same time as always, Michael Malloy walks back into the bar and he would like a drink. Thank you very much. They do this for four days. They feed him more booze than they know what to do with. More booze than any single person has ever drank in that bar. More booze than five people are drinking. Maloney's is running out of booze to feed this man. And every day, he wakes up. And he wants more, please. Thank you very much. (laughs) So some of the guys are already like, okay, fuck this. We're just going to shoot him. But the death has to look accidental. That's kind of the point. Yeah, you can't get the insurance money with a murder. Exactly. There's a whole investigation that has to happen. And most of the time it can't be a suicide either. So you've got to make it look like an accident. So instead of shooting him, they decide, well, we'll just feed him something else. And they start pouring antifreeze into his shot glass instead of whiskey. I mean, it is technically alcohol. Yeah. It doesn't taste good, but then neither does bathtub gin. Nope. So I doubt Michael notices much. He takes it down, and he's fine. Eventually, they they replace the antifreeze with turpentine. That's the shit. That's the shit they clean dried paint off of paintbrushes with. If you didn't know what turpentine that shit was, makes my hands smell weird for a few days. I couldn't be in the same room as a jar of turpentine for very long. I know that. Uh-huh. It it'll give you a headache. Yeah, just to and be around I had it. to always be in the open seam shop with the ventilation mm. going if I was cleaning brushes. Yes, if I was doing any sort of set painting or anything, that like it had to be. Open. The fumes off of turpentine just, are bad, and they're having him drink it. And basically, I mean, these are poisons. Yep. This is these are both poisons. Oh, yeah. People no, kill people will, with antifreeze. These will, these will kill you. Um, but no, he, he appears to look and feel the same as always. Nothing changes about the way he looks, and he never complains about feeling anything bad. Finally, when all of this isn't working, they decide to go to the hardware store for a few cans of wood alcohol. Now, wood alcohol, also known as methanol is not for drinking, just like turpentine, but it's worse. So even small amounts of it ingested can cause the following symptoms. Central nervous system depression, 
uh, headache, dizziness, nausea, lack of coordination, and confusion. That's stomach diarrhea. Pepto <laughs> Um, Methanol poisoning actually was an issue during Prohibition because we used to just make alcohol out of whatever because mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. regulated. But they found that solutions including even 4% methanol could cause permanent blindness. Like, it was destroying people. Now, our band of merry men was not trying to, like, feed this man our guy, Michael, something laced with methanol. They were just going to feed him methanol. They were just going to give him straight wood alcohol and watch him die. (laughs) Wood alcohol is pretty cheap. It comes in a can. It's like 10 cents. They buy a few. And what do you think happened? Um, (laughs) I think he was okay. (laughs) Yeah. A quote from the Smithsonian Magazine. Uh, which is where the one of the better articles about this came from. The gang watched, rapped, as Malloy downed several shots and kept asking for more, displaying no physical symptoms other than those of typical inebriation. So is he, is he like a cow? Does he have separate stomachs? I will talk a little bit about what the thoughts are about why he was okay, like the 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 theories. Um, but we'll do that later. I, yeah, <laughs> it's fucked that. up. That's why you don't it's drink it. It's fucked up. You don't drink it. That's why bad. you don't drink it. It's a poison. Yeah. Don't drink hand sanitizer, kids. Please do not pull a Michael Malloy. Yeah. The reason why I'm telling this story is because it's fucking nuts. <laughs> you will not live I'm from concerned this. on when the Mount Java comes into play. <laughs> it's actually now. The methanol is the worst thing they make him drink. Specifically. So I think that we should mountain java it here in this moment, just as a testament to our good boy, to our sweet Michael. <laughs> Ooh. That's smooth. Oh, I like this. Yeah, that's really good. Actually, I might like that better than the oh. pecan, even. I don't know why, because they're both so good, but this one's. Because it's got a coffee. Yeah. Coffee's delicious. We're it's very good. for coffee. Mmm. Coffee. Coffee. All right, now that we, we're we probably um, nearing the same level of inebriation as Michael, um, let's continue. Let's go. So this continued for several more nights. They just kept doing the wood alcohol thing, thinking, well, one of these fucking nights he has to drop goddamn dead. This is poison. But after a while, the 10 cent cans of wood alcohol are racking up. Not to mention the fact that they have been paying insurance premiums on three separate life insurance plans. And they didn't intend to be paying the premiums at all. Because this man was supposed to be dead by now. So month after month of them trying to kill him, they're paying into the premiums. And they're paying for the stuff they're using to kill him. These people are going into debt trying to kill Michael Malloy. <laughs> I know, good. Serves Fuck them. Exactly, words. you're murderers. Fuck yes. you. So, at this point, Maloney's like, I'm worried about my business. Like, I'm in a worse spot now than I was before I tried to kill this dude. Yeah, I picked the wrong mark. Yes. One or night. technically the wrong mic. You picked the wrong mic, that's <laughs> for sure. One night, though, Michael is sitting at the bar. He's requesting another shot. Thank you kindly. And he drops to the floor. Like, just without warning. Oh. He appears immediately unconscious. The men stand very still for a while, waiting. Like, no one obviously calls the cops. Nothing like that. Eventually, Pasqua, the undertaker, he kneels to check if Michael has stopped breathing. He finds his breathing very slow and labored. 
so they wait some more. And finally, Michael opens his mouth and starts to snore. (laughs) He's just sleeping. They leave him there. They're like, oh, fuck you, Michael. And he wakes up a few hours later and he says, quote, give me some of the old regular, my lad. (laughs) My lad. Top of the morning to you. Give me some of the old regular, me lad. (laughs) Michael doesn't know what's going on at all. Good for him. This is the part that I would normally label survival. But this time I, I labeled it the gang gets desperate. Oh. Pasqua, the undertaker, um, he gave them the brilliant idea to brine some raw oysters in wood alcohol for a few days uh, because he heard that like if you if you put oysters in alcohol, it sort of like preserves them in a really bad way and it can give you acute indigestion. He has heard of people dying from this, whatever the fuck that really means. So they feed like 10 of those to our man, Michael. At this point, I think they're like, fuck it throw whatever (laughs) no one cares anymore just kill this man so they're all hanging around the bar watching michael eat this can i just they have they have an undertaker Uh in their employ Uh (laughs) why not kill him and just forge the fucking death certificate it's 1930s my love, I'm gonna get to that. Oh shit! Don't okay. you worry. Don't you absolutely because you that's that that's not saved the them like five months in premium. It's not the wrong idea. Well, we'll see how this goes. So they're still they're still really committed to making it look like an accident. Like Michael did this to himself. There's so no ways to do it. Keeps the need a set of stairs. Right. If he's intoxicated, like all bars have basements. Right. And the stairs are usually like just concrete. Mm-hmm. You just push him down the stairs. I do feel like these are not smart men. I know too much about murder. Yeah. Um, they're dumb. They're literally watching him eat this meal of oysters and wood alcohol, swallowed down with more wood alcohol. They're play- pretending to play cards. Like, they're not all, like, ten men just <laughs> staring, staring at him. <laughs> um, so after the oysters are gone, Michael licks his fingers and he belches, and then he's oh, back good. the next day. What a catch. Those... Did nothing. The next day, the bartender, Joseph Murphy, he feeds Michael a sandwich of rotten sardines that he's left out for several days, glass, and carpet tacks. That's not a joke. That's not a bit. Michael eats it. He asks for another one when he's done. And a drink, if you would be so kind. Is he trying to die? I think he is so obliterated drunk at every second of every day that he has no idea what he's putting in his body. And it's fine. He's back the next day. At this point, it is January of 1933. They've been trying to kill this man for at least two months. They've been plotting it for like nine. And the men in the murder trust, which is what the media calls them eventually, they are the murder trust. The men are pissed. Tough Tony's talking about ending Michael. Tough Tony's pissed. He would like to end this violently, but they're all like, okay, no, we're still trying to make this look like kind of a whole thing. No. All of them are annoyed also because they've now split the pot like nine ways. And like, it's just not that much money. It's It's not not that worth it. it. But at this point, 
No, it's commitment. I get it. Yes. As an Aries, I get it. Yeah. I've committed to it. No, we're this is a men. This is a male group full of Aries, and you know it. Yep. There's like two Gemini and like six yep. Aries. That's what's happening in this group. All <laughs> and they are just trying to kill him because it's the goddamn principle of the thing at this point. Mm-hmm. So they finally decide that Michael isn't going to ingest something that will kill him. It's just not possible. He doesn't seem capable of dying by ingesting anything. So they got to do something else. So first they decide they're going to freeze him to death. It's January. You'll remember in New York. So they get him pissed fucking drunk. He's so drunk. So drunk. He's so drunk. He's so drunk all the time. It's easy to die by freezing. He lives on the streets. Yes. In New York. Well, they decided, well, we'll make it a little easier uh, to die of exposure. He might at any time, but we'll make it easier. We'll throw him in a snowbank. We'll cover him with five gallons of water and we'll walk away. That's going to melt the snowbank. Throw him in the snowbank and pack the snow all around him. If you really wanted to be lazy, just do that. Snow is frozen water. It's just frozen water. You could just use that. It's frozen fucking water. I don't know why you need more water. You don't need to create more fucking frozen water. I think they were, I think they were recreating in their minds the thing that he had, had, that Maloney had done the first time where he like wet the woman's bedding and put her next to the window. I think they were like, well, if we get him wet, he'll get pneumonia and he'll die. Not smart men is what we're talking about here. So what happens next has different accounts based on what you've read. But I think it's pretty obvious that Michael doesn't die by yeah. this point. Um, one a nice nap in the snow. Yeah. One account says that he was saved by police and he was taken to a homeless shelter. Fair. Another um, in which he says he woke up on his own and trekked back to the same speakeasy, fucking Maloney's. And then... <laughs> And then he knocks on the door as it's closed and he makes Joseph Murphy, the bartender, let him in. Now, Joseph Murphy, I don't know if I believe this one because Joseph Murphy is part of the murder trust. He's trying to kill this man. (laughs) Yeah. But either way, um, this story says he was found the next morning sleeping in the basement complaining of a wee chill. And then the final account has him simply sitting on the stoop outside the bar at opening time. Maloney and all of his men show up and he's just sitting there and he's waiting for his drink. Literally, this man is unkillable right now, and all he wants is a drink. A lot of Irish I'm, people are. I'm almost proud of him. Yeah. In a way. At this point, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, good for, good for Cancel him. Cancel the life insurance policy. Yeah. Take the L mm-hmm. and let him fucking live. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, at this point, February is approaching, mm-hmm. and that means um, they're staring down the barrel of yet another insurance premium payment. Yeah. None yeah, of them are. can afford it. So they enlist the help of another guy. No, don't bring more people. Uh huh. They got to cut it up more. They're going to give him $150. That's what they're going to give him to run Michael over with his cab. So this man's name is Harry, nicknamed Hershey (laughs) Green. And they agree to give him $150 to use his cab to run Michael over. So they like. Bring him to an alley. Obviously, shit housed drunk again. They bring Michael to this alley and they hold him up like Jesus on the cross. <laughs> like they, they hold him up from either side of his arms in the alley and they tell Hershey Green to gun his cab at our good friend Michael. Now, 
Michael could barely stand. He was so drunk. Um, but as these two, that like right as the cab starts approaching, the other two, I believe it's probably Tough Tony and and Joseph Murphy. Yeah. They bolt for either side. They just let him sort of crumple to the ground. No, don't do that. They 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 fall on either side of the cab as it passes by, and they look up and they realize that fucking drunk ass Michael has jumped out of the way. Uh, so Michael jumps out of the way. Out of so they set him up again. They should have held him there. Mm. They should have just, you know. They're what? wusses. There's, they set him up again. They do the exact same thing. Michael jumps out of the way again. He's got a second stomach. Uh huh. And this time, they set him up again and they tell Green, fucking gun it. Go faster than this idiot can jump out of the way. Thanks. So. Hershey Green guns it down this alley at 50 miles an hour. They, the two holding Michael jump out of the way, and Michael does not make it this time. He's obliterated shithoused. Yeah. So of course he doesn't. Reaction times are slow. This is why right. I cannot drive drunk. Right. Michael rolls up and over the car, and he lands on the ground in a heap. And then Green puts the car in reverse, and he backs up over him for yep. good measure. Yep. Just because, yep, fuck it. We're killing Listen, this man today. If you're killing somebody with a car, Yep. you should run him over Tr- a few times. You know, make an effort. <laughs> so they're Do worried now. something at this point because uh, what you were doing before wasn't working, you pieces of shit. No. So they're worried that the noise has alerted someone. Yeah. Obviously. Bodies getting hit by a car is loud. Sounds like something. Of all of the fucking choices, they I know. we have now they're desperate. They have a basement. They we have established they have a basement. Yep, they do. It is probably poured concrete. These are stupid, dumb, also probably drunk themselves men. So they don't even stick around to check if Michael is dead because they they're too undertaker. scared. They have an undertaker. They just pile back into the cab and they okay. get the fuck out of there. The cab prop maybe covered with blood. Dented at least a little bit. Who knows? All those like 1930s cars were built different. They were. They did not crumple. They were tanks. They were tanks. That's true. So he, so they, they get out of there. They leave Michael for dead. They don't see him for weeks. And they assume, all right, we did it. He's fu- he fucking got found dead on the street. So they get Murphy, again, the bartender. He's the one who's supposed to pose as like the fake Nicholas Mellory's <sighs> next of kin. So he starts going around to every morgue in the city Trying to find his brother. Uh-huh. And uh, they don't find him. They keep looking and looking and they're starting to sort of panic. At this point, Maloney, owner of the speakeasy, is thinking, okay, I'll just kill another homeless, like, friendless drunk and pass him off as Nicholas. And then I, I'll just still collect on the exact same insurance policies. I don't need Michael at all. And that is the exact moment that Michael Malloy walks in <laughs> to the bar as if nothing has happened. Is he covered in bandages? Yes. Does he only basically look a little bit worse than he did before? Yes. Would he like a drink? Yes! <laughs> How the fuck? All he, all he tells them is that he doesn't remember much about the incident at all. He doesn't remember what happened to him. He just remembers the smell of whiskey and the cold night air. And then he woke up in the hospital very, very thirsty for a drink. That's all he's got. God, if they had left it alone here. If they had just said, fuck it. Yeah. Now comes the part of our story that gets a little bit sad. (laughs) 
feel like I oh, have to say that. Oh, we have a song that. now? Well, I feel like I have to say that. It's mid-February. Another insurance premium payment is on the horizon and the murder uh-huh. gang gets serious. Uh-huh. There's no, they're no longer concerned with exactly how accidental Michael's death looks. They don't no. care. They no. just want him dead. Fuck him. So one night after another long day of hard drinking for free at Maloney's bar, Michael passes out and the gang carries him to a rented room a few blocks away. Okay. There, they hooked up a long hose to a gas light fixture. And oh. they put the other end... Oh, okay. They put the other end in Michael's mouth. Uh-huh. And they seal it by wrapping a oh, towel over okay. his face. Old school. Uh-huh. I mean, Hello, honestly... Carbon it, dioxide, monoxide. Poison. Yeah, I don't know which one it is, but it is one of those. I think it's carbon monoxide. So, on the night... Of February 21st, 1933, Michael Malloy finally dies. Oh. He actually dies. This is not a bit. He's dead. That's why I said I broke the rules of not only this episode, but this podcast. But he survived literally He he survived so so much. fucking much. He survived so much. I mean, we all don't survive stuff, eventually. (laughs) This opens doors. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I do have a story where somebody survived literally so much and then dies. Yeah, I still think that that's okay. In the end, it's like, like tell me the story of all the did, stuff they survived. You did so much. So, let me just wrap this fucker up yeah. in a bow for yeah. you. So the gang okay. did do what you suggested. They paid off a crooked coroner. They uh, didn't need their undertaker so much, but they did need the coroner. They paid off Frank Manzella, another fucking M name, and... That guy made a phony death certificate for Michael oh. saying he died of pneumonia. Okay. And then they had him buried. Okay. And Joseph Murphy went his, like about his way collecting the insurance money as, you know, Nicholas's next of kin. And the first insurance company basically had no issue. They paid out $800. Okay. Murphy and Maloney used their portion to buy new suits. Which is pretty dumb, considering they needed it for the business. But I think that's because they were expecting two more insurance policies to pay out. Unfortunately, the second insurance company had a stipulation. And they wanted to see Michael's body. Basically, they weren't going to pay out. Yeah, they had to Uh actually see how he died. Uh, Murphy wasn't expecting this. So he informed the agent that the body was already buried. And that's fucking sus. Now and then, that's suspicious. Whoops. It's exactly the kind of thing insurance companies are looking for, and it is the Especially reason they call the, the cops. Great fucking depression. Yeah. You've already buried a body. You took out three separate insurance policies for it. That's weird. That's really yeah. weird. You should have known better, and I think I'm going to call the cops. Yep. Okay. So during the investigation, Harry Hershey Green, the cab driver... Who yeah. ran over Michael. Yeah. He was apparently not happy with the small amount he was promised. And well, he started fucking talking. <laughs> oh. So his story, oh. coupled with rumors of um, somebody named Iron Mike that they'd been hearing about. Ooh. Turns out Michael had gotten a reputation for not dying in the last several months. Iron, Iron Mike. Mike. So this is also interesting historically i think you'll like this because this is a first of its kind investigation this is the first time a medical examiner gets involved in an actual police investigation Mm. so the new york medical examiner gets involved they exhume michael's body and they determine the real cause of death oh and in the end the five original members of the murder trust maloney murphy pasqua and Kreisberg, who we almost never mentioned again, as well as the cabbie Hershey Green, 
are put on trial. Green is given 10 years in prison for attempted murder because he just ran the guy over with his car, but he didn't die. The rest of them, for the actual murder of Michael Malloy, they are sentenced to death. It's the the 30s. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. They were placed in the electric chair in fucking Sing Sing. And now this is my favorite part because the Smithsonian article made it like a quick point. Mm. They just wanted to make the point that this uh, chair called Old Sparky managed to kill every single one of these men the first time around. Whereas they did not manage to kill Michael Malloy the first time or the second time or the third time or the ninth time. (laughs) Michael, for his insane fortitude, was then referred to as Iron Mike, the durable Mike Malloy, and the Rasputin of the Bronx. (laughs) And that is the story of Michael Malloy. A man who should not have died. I wish he just, I wish they just gave up. I mean, like, I wish the hospital at that point, like, interventional medicine was still, like, I, yeah, they could have become a thing of like, hey, you're an alcoholic. Yes, let's keep you for a let's while. Let's change you to inpatient. Let's put you through mm-hmm. detox on a drip. Like, let's let's put you in some to... classes and some therapy yep. and yep, the things they get would do you now. Just back on track to succeed. Right, because clearly and all you're going to you do. In touch with a couple nonprofits to get housing yes. and all of that other shit put together. The things yes. that I do. Right. Because all he was going to do immediately upon leaving that hospital was, was go and do the exact same thing in the exact yep. same place. Yep. And he got murdered for it. Yep. And like, yeah, they could have saved him if, if prevention Absolutely. medicine was a thing back then. Yep. But it was the Great Depression and everything was crazy. <laughs> I think of it as like so lawless. I mean, New York. Oh, yeah. In a speakeasy. Gold literally a lawless place. 2.0. Yeah. Or the Gold Rush 2.0. Yeah, absolutely. Like... But just completely lawless mm-hmm. chaos. Yeah, no one. Every everything's a secret, and everyone's trying to murder everybody for money. Apparently, Mobs are rampant. Yep, it's um, it's a really good story though. Like the fact here, I'll tell you what they think is the reason why he didn't die from, especially all the yes. methanol and Please, stuff. Please, because I'm still of the theory that like he has four stomachs like a cow. It's what they believe. Obviously, medical stuff, they couldn't really determine it at the time, especially after his death. Yeah. But what they believe is that ethanol, alcohol, regular alcohol, the amount of alcohol he was consuming on a regular basis, just regular actual whiskey and gin and shit, that was still always coursing through his veins. He was still always drinking that in addition to the wood alcohol and the turpentine. And that is actually, that actually acts as a blocker against methanol. So, like, if you ingest methanol, what they will, like, one of the things they would inject you with is ethanol as an antidote. So, he was so, so they drunk. they stacked those back to back. Yeah. He was so drunk on real alcohol all the time and had been for so much of his life that his body was accustomed to a certain level. Like, that I think he was able to just never take in, never actually absorb the lethal amount of any of these products or maybe like half his liver was dead anyway and he wasn't absorbing the amount he normally would have been pissing like a racehorse most of the time i'm sure but like either way they believe that his prior alcoholism is actually maybe what might have saved him from the poison i mean that makes sense yeah isn't it sad but also crazy and awesome oh god i know um 
I also recommend, like, before I did all this research, I did listen to a... I, I came across the story, and then I found that there was a dollop episode about Ooh. this man. It's actually a smallop, because it's just a short story, but, like, it's very funny. They do Irish accents real good, and it's oh, good. Good, good, so good. silly. So I would recommend listening to that. Damn. Yeah. I know. Those were good stories. I actually love that those were both stories of people surviving multiple different things. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Stacked up. Thing after thing after yeah. thing. Like, that's that's what we find fun here. It's <laughs> people just not dying when they should. everything goes wrong and you still somehow make it through. Yes. Whether you're that's lying or not. the motivational thing. That's actually a fun juxtaposition, too, because yours is entirely from the first-hand account it's of one man. It's completely situational and environmental, and yours was intentional. Yes. Murder. Yes. Well, and the other thing is, like, your guy is the one, is the only person telling the story, yes. and you can't confirm it. Whereas... Michael Malloy doesn't have any part of this story. No. He never, he doesn't get interviewed. He never has a quote. He's dead. It's everyone else's story that, that gets put together that makes this tale. So I kind of like that. We almost told little opposite stories. Yeah. I love it. I personally am not sure this time around that you should be like either of these people. No. Um, I wouldn't say there's resiliency in just happening to not die. No. <laughs> Don't be like Michael where you can just drink straight methanol. If you if you are anything like Michael, please seek help. <laughs> I please. think is really really the main please. thing. It's hard to ask for help, but you can. Mm-hmm. And I promise you the people on the receiving end of your ask for help are not going to judge you mm-hmm. for your situation or the choices that you've made. Just ask. That's the sure. hardest first step. But it is the first step. That's true. Now, thank you so much for joining us on what we hope was a lighter episode overall. At least there was a so. lot less death. And um, I hope that you have a great couple of weeks before we see you again. Yeah. And no matter what happens between now and then. God, oh God. You should never, ever, ever, ever forget your can of... Mountain Java! <laughs> Never forget your can of Mountain Java. If you yeah. forget your can of Mountain Java one more time, I swan to John. <laughs> Goodbye! Goodbye!